Something tickled the depths of my brain all day, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And whatever that thing was, it obviously crawled into bed with me. I tossed and turned most of the night. I pulled the covers clean off Steve enough times that he grumbled, I'm going to go sleep with Pete. And he shuffled out of the bedroom. Steve and I went through a rough patch in our relationship recently when FBI Special Agent Celeste Williams showed up, looking to ignite old flames. Much to my chagrin, even badass narcotic cops have psycho ex-girlfriends. When the dust settled, I was left with nightmares of Celeste sending a Molotov cocktail through our front window. Knowing she was safely tucked away in a psychiatric ward didn't seem to soothe my crazy subconscious. But it wasn't Celeste that bothered me tonight. Sorry, I said to his gorgeous, muscular backside as he left the bedroom. I counted endless sheep, tried to relax each of my limbs from my toes to my head, but none of that worked. While one of those stupid sheep floated in front of my tired eyeballs, the animal mouthed, sex. I squinted my eyes and asked, what? Sex will put you to sleep, the sheep repeated, a little testy. Duh. I slapped my forehead. Why didn't I think of that? I blinked, and the sheep disappeared. I shimmied out of my flannel PJs and slipped a red silk short nightie over my head. I tiptoed from the bedroom and found Steve with his legs draped over the edge of the sofa, staring at the ceiling. His six-foot-plus frame wasn't meant to sleep on our new paisley-covered loveseat. Hi. I used my sultry, I-want-to-get-laid voice and fluttered my eyelashes. Not that he could see me, but it was still fun. I loved Steve dearly, but he didn't need a lot of encouragement when it came to hanky-panky, A few seconds later, a wicked smile replaced the exhaustion around his eyes. He flipped open the fleece blanket and motioned me forward. I climbed aboard Steve, and he rocked my world for a good twenty minutes. As I laid there, all nice and warm and satisfied, I worried about Valentine's Day. The lover's holiday was creeping up on me again. Usually, a nice orgasm jolted my imagination. But this time, I had zero, zilch ideas on what to get Steve. I fell asleep on his chest with a feeling I was about to find out what had been nagging besides Valentine's Day. My dear Corny, you're looking lovely as ever and oh so happy. I wish I was alive to meet your young man, Steve. And he's a narcotics detective. How exciting. I was back at my desk at Langfield Laboratories, and Mr. Langfields was sitting on the corner of my desk, like he always did when he wanted to chat. I'd been Mr. Langfield's executive assistant for seven great years, until he croaked while bungee jumping on his honeymoon with a much younger woman. Mr. Langfield, what are we doing here? He patted me on the head the way he used to. I missed that small, kind gesture. I grabbed a tissue off my old desk, 
dabbed my eyes and blew my nose. Don't be sad for me, Corny. I made my choice, and I admit the last one wasn't the smartest, but the choice was mine to make. I grabbed another tissue and wiped the remaining tears. I looked around my old office. It looked exactly the same. I guess my mind wanted to see it that way. This doesn't seem like a dream. I reached out and touched his weathered hand. It was solid. You seem so real. Well, my dear, I'm more like an apparition, and I tried to get your attention at your pet detective agency, but I'm not very good at this stuff. Appearing in your dreams is much easier for an old man. I sniffled once.